Welcome to Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things. I'm your host, Carrie Drugan, and I will be showing you how average, everyday middle-class people are choosing to make positive changes in their life to accomplish what makes them happy. I hope these podcasts will allow you to feel a connection with people who are just like you and make you realize you can have the life you want. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Today, I have Sarah LaFountain on. She is a mom of five and the creator of Cook With Five Kids. So welcome, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for being here. So I wanted you to start with you telling us a little bit about yourself growing up. Um, Did you grow up in a huge family? Was cooking and nutrition something that was really important to your family as a kid? What was that like growing up? Um, I grew up in Virginia, and I had one younger sister and one younger brother, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and cooking was very important, Um, especially when my grandmother would come visit. She taught us many recipes and loved to cook with us, and I really have a lot of memories being very young and cooking with my mom and my grandmother, and I really always enjoy cooking. It's funny you say about health because when I was a kid, we really didn't have a lot of information, and I'm dating myself now with how old I am, but we really didn't know a lot about healthy foods, and my mom is horrified thinking about all the foods that we used to eat that were really terrible for you, and we just didn't have the information. We didn't know that the foods we were eating were so bad. She was very into fruits and vegetables, so that part we did great on, but just having, you know, processed foods and margarine and all those kinds of things, it's terrible thinking back. But um, now that we are more educated, we know more about foods, health and nutrition are extremely important to me. And I love spending time teaching kids about how to eat healthy, how to make healthy snacks, how to incorporate healthy foods into their diet every day. I love it. And it's very true because I think, you know, a lot of things that came about, it was convenience. I think way back when, even though the food wasn't as good, the portions weren't as big. Yes. So you didn't have as much of an obesity problem as we do in the States now. It's Um, true. So now you've kind of got that double whammy of not only is the food not good, but people are eating so much of it that it starts to cause a lot of different issues. Yep. Yep. So now, um, before you had your children, when you started kind of learning as a young adult about food being, you know, what you should and shouldn't eat, was that something that you put into your life early on or was not really something you put into play until you had your kids? Um, so when I got to college, I, of course, started cooking for myself. And that's when it starts getting really real because, you know, you're on your own mm-hmm. and you have to buy your own ingredients and Life gets real and serious at that point. And I really started eating healthy and I actually developed an allergy right when I started college um, to an ingredient. I'm allergic to pepper Hmm. and it took time for me to figure out what it was. I was eating, you know, lots of different foods that other people made and I was really feeling sick and often ending up in the hospital until I really looked at the foods I was eating and saying, what's making me sick? And when I figured out what it was, I said, you know, I really can't trust other people to cook for me. I am going to take control of my own diet and my own food. And since then, I've been totally fine. But it took a realization knowing that I'm allergic to something and that maybe everyone's not, everyone else is not going to be as careful as I am with mm-hmm. the foods that they're making for me. So it really started right in the beginning of college that I 
wanted to be careful with what I ate. I wanted to be careful with my nutrition. And I also wanted to save myself from eating things I was allergic to. Now, in college, did you live on campus? I did live on campus, but I moved off campus very soon after I started. I was actually a nanny, a live-in nanny. Mm. And I live out nanny once I got married and kids. I mean, at five years old, I have a paper that I wrote in kindergarten and it said, when I grow up, I want to be a mom. I want to be a teacher and I want to have lots of children. So, I mean, I, I knew at five years old that that was what my life goal was. And I guess I achieved all this. I things. love it. That's <laughs> wonderful. You know, no, I ask if you lived on campus because I lived on campus all four years and uh, especially freshman year, I had a tiny fridge <laughs> and that was it. So it was like I could purchase some fruit to the store I could walk to and everything else was on campus. Um, I never ate it, but I know a lot of people, ramen noodle was a big thing back in college. Yep. And so I yep. always found it was very hard to eat healthy foods in college until my senior year where I lived in a townhome where we actually had a kitchen. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. I only lived in a dorm for the first year. So I really had my own kitchen mm-hmm. soon after because it was just, you know, it's better. You can cook your own food and you don't have to rely on the food service. And right. it's just so gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, especially at sometimes universities. It's like, uh, you know, when you're sitting in line waiting at the lunch line, it's not always the best food. Yes, exactly. So now let's fast forward. You have five children and you have four boys and one little girl as well, right? Yes, I do. Yes. That is my family. <laughs> so how, how is your, how does your daughter hang out with all those four boys? Does she hold her own? Oh God. First of all, she's extremely tough. Um, <laughs> Good. <laughs> she, it's really funny. So, um, my four boys are 19, 16, 14, and 11. Mm-hmm. And then my daughter's eight. And so she's the youngest and she is really tough as nails. She will not put up with anyone doing anything to her (laughs) and her class. She has 22 kids in her class. And I think maybe 15 of them or 16 of them are boys. So she's just like, you know, no one will mess with me because (laughs) I know how to handle all these big boys. (laughs) That's right. She gets practice at home. So she knows. (laughs) Exactly. She would prefer a few more girls in her class, but you know. What can you do? <laughs> right, right, right. So now I know that um, a couple of your boys had an illness that kind of got you more into nutrition and cooking. So talk a little bit about what that was and how that developed. Sure. Um, so two of my boys, my 16-year-old and my 14-year-old, they both have an illness called POTS. And POTS stands for postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. And this illness used to be not very common, but it's becoming more and more common every day. I'm actually in a group on Facebook of parents whose children have this illness. And when I first joined the group four years ago, I think there were a hundred of us. And now there's something like 5,000 parents. So the group is really growing. The biggest problem with this illness is it's very hard to diagnose. And my son actually suffered for two years without us knowing what it was and everyone telling us this is in his head. There's nothing wrong with him. He just doesn't feel like going to school. He's lazy. I mean, they told me a million things and I knew deep down inside my mom's intuition said there's something seriously wrong and we're just not finding it yet. Mm -hmm. So getting that diagnosis was huge because, you know, no one believes you. Everyone says, well, you know, what's wrong with him? And he looks fine. It's, it's called an invisible illness because you can't look at him and say, oh, he's sick. You know, he's, he looks like every other normal sick 
16 year old. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way you can actually diagnose it is when you take your blood pressure, if you take it when you're lying down, then you take it again when you sit up and then you take it again when you stand up, his blood pressure goes up a hundred points just from going lying down to standing up. Mm. But if you, but if you think about when you go to your doctor's office, do they ever take your blood pressure in more than one position? No, they, right. they don't. So until we got to the right doctor and he went to every doctor under the sun, the rheumatologist, the cardio, I mean, every doctor you can imagine, um, the right one finally did diagnose him and say he has this illness called POTS. Um, the bad part is there really is no cure for this illness. It's something that you probably live with for your whole life. So that's a little depressing, but at least we don't have to say you're making all this up and mm-hmm. you just don't feel like doing anything. So what are the symptoms of it or what was he showing? So if somebody, you know, has a child that's going through something, what should they be looking for to get tested? Sure. So um, for us, and everyone has, you know, a different story, but for us, um, he was 12 years old and 11 months. So it was right before he was going to turn 13. He literally woke up one day and said, I feel weird. And this was a straight A student who woke up every day and went right to school. And, you know, it wasn't a school problem. He just said, I feel really strange. I'm feeling dizzy. I'm feeling nauseous. I feel like my heart's racing and I just don't feel like I can stand up and go to school. Mm. So, of course, I said, you'll stay home. We'll go to the pediatrician. Of course, we were in and out of the pediatrician 10 million times because it never, the feeling never really went away that since that day. And he still, unfortunately, feels miserable most of the days since then. And that was four years ago. Mm. Um, the weirdest symptom that I should say he had was your body has this crazy need for salt. So I would make dinner and he would sit there with the salt shaker, shaking it all over his food. And we're all looking at him like, are you okay? He's like, I can't explain it, but there's not enough salt in this dinner. And the rest of us at the table are like, the salt is fine. You know, yeah. what do you mean? And his body was just telling him, add salt to the food. It needs it. And now the weird thing is the healthiest food he can eat is foods very, very high in salt. Hmm. So his body knew better than anyone what it was doing. So he's supposed to eat pretzels and, you know, all the super salty ramen noodles are amazing for him because mm-hmm. they have like 2,000 milligrams yeah. of salt. <laughs> so ramen is great. Um, salt is extremely important. And he was his body was giving us this sign. And the way I actually found his diagnosis and found the doctor who diagnosed him was I posted on Facebook and I said, can anyone help me? My poor son has been sick for two years. These are his symptoms. And when I wrote the one that said his body is craving salt and I said all the other things, dizzy Mm -hmm. and nauseous and stomach ache and can't sleep and heart racing, a teacher at his school said, I have this illness. I'm calling you right now and I'll send you to the best doctor there is. And that's how we got our diagnosis. Hmm. I know. Crazy. Is it something that is like, is it genetic? Is it, is it a deficiency? Is it something that happens when you are kind of hitting that puberty stage? Like what is kind of the, the reasoning for some of this? So people really don't know yet why you get it. There is a huge genetic component. I myself have heart issues. I have had them my whole life. So I think ours is genetic. Um, other people get it after an illness. So they have mono, they get a concussion, they get 
something major happened, they have a surgery, like, you know, tonsils out or gallbladder or some type of surgery, and then they just wake up one day and they have all the same symptoms. So Mm -hmm. it's really unknown why so many people are getting it and why you get it and why some people have this genetic component, other people don't. There's a lot of studying and a lot of learning that's going on. And I actually learn new things about it every single day myself. Um, But for us, so my oldest son, he's 19. He doesn't have any of the symptoms and never had any of this. Um, My 14-year-old had it at exactly the same age, right before 13, and woke up one day and said, Mom, I feel weird. And I looked mm. at him. I said, no, no, this can't be true. And I called my husband. I said, you're not going to believe it. Noah has pots. And he's like, no, he doesn't. I said, come up to his room. I said, tell dad what's wrong. And he's like, I feel weird. I can't get out of bed. My heart's huh. racing. I feel dizzy. And he's like, oh, my God, I cannot believe this is happening. So there's definitely a genetic part, obviously, that's happening to him. Um, and of course my 11 year old son is like, Oh God, I have, you know, one and a half years left before (laughs) this strikes me. So he's, you know, living life to the fullest and trying to go out and do everything and have as much fun at school with his friends because once each of them got it, they really can't go to school. They, um, do like a homebound program so they can do their classes online or they have a teacher come to the house and it's really hard. Like, you know, overnight your life changes Hmm. and you know, there's nothing we can do about it at this point. We kind of have learned how to live with it and, you know, make a new family lifestyle. So now going into the cooking realm, even though you're saying, you know, there's no cure fully for this at some point, I assume you felt like, you know what, if I change their nutrition, this could help them feel better. Did you find that? What were the things that you kind of adjusted? Yes. So we've tried tons of different diets because I feel like food has a huge impact on how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, We tried gluten-free for three months and they they both were so good. And it's so hard to go gluten-free. I mean, pizza is like the favorite meal in our house. It's so good. And we just made gluten-free pizza. I mean, they bought into it for three months and I kind of felt like they had a little more energy because one thing is you really don't have energy because when your heart is beating at like 180 beats a minute, just sitting there doing nothing, Mm -hmm. basically the cardiologist describes it as you're running a marathon 24 seven. Your body thinks it's in that marathon mode even though you're just sitting there watching TV. So I thought they had a little more energy. They said it wasn't worth the energy that I was seeing because they didn't really feel any different. So the gluten-free, the gluten-free did not last. Um, my husband and I are vegan, so we do make tons of vegan foods, and they will eat it because that's what we're making. Um, we are very healthy. We don't like to eat things with colors and dyes and red 40 and all those things are a no-no in our house. Um, So they do eat very healthy just because I don't buy crap. Mm -hmm. So they're stuck with what I do buy, which is usually the healthier products and they're used to it. And, you know, whatever is available is what they're going to eat. And salt, as I said, is very important. So all the delicious, healthy salty snacks are always available because they need to eat as much salt as they can. Right. Now going um, with your two sons that have the pots, uh, have you tried or have they tried doing any form of meditation and does that help in bringing the heart rate down and calming the body at all? They've tried some yoga. Um, 
exercise is what the cardiologist says is the most important thing they can do. So doing exercise is amazing for their body, but it's so hard. Mm -hmm. You know, you're so tired. They don't sleep very much, insomnia and everything hurts. And as soon as they lie down, their heart starts racing. So, you know, your brain and your mind is like, it's sleep time, but your heart's like, no, it's marathon time. Let's go. So it's, it's so challenging and working exercise into their day is difficult. The recumbent bike is something that we bought for them. They try and do it as often as they can. We got a dog so that the dog encourages them to get down on the floor and play and go on walks and things like that. So we try and do lots of exercise. They both tried yoga. Um, they, it's hard because they don't have great balance, but they do their best. We have it on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Um, they have not tried meditation. I will say they haven't tried that. They have tried acupuncture and they've tried chiropractor. My older son says, if you told me that I could stand on my head and count to 5,000, I would do anything to feel better. So they're open to everything, but unfortunately, none of them have really made them feel better or shown a a significant impact on their life so far. Hmm. Now, how does that affect your family of seven as a whole, especially the kids that don't have this issue? Um, How do you make it so that, okay, you're able to cater to the two kids that have something that they need a little more attention but allow the other children to kind of live their life as well. How does that work in your family? Right. So that's a challenge. It's a big challenge. And, you know, each day we're trying to navigate this challenge. Um, The biggest impact I'd say is we used to, we have membership in Disney. It's called like Disney Vacation Club Mm -hmm. where you can go as often as you can and you have these points to use. So, you know, especially when they were all little, we would go, maybe even two or three times a year down to Disney. And it was so great. But since they've gotten sick, um, the last trip we went on, my son, who we didn't know had POTS, almost passed out in the park because he was hot and dizzy. And we knew the older one had POTS. And we were worried about him drinking and have his Gatorade and everything. And my Mm -hmm. husband was walking around and doing different rides and not paying attention to the younger one because he didn't have it yet. And we didn't know he was going to get it. And he's like, I'm feeling really dizzy. So all trips have been canceled until further (laughs) notice because it was so scary. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So it's sad because my daughter, she's eight and she's, you know, I haven't been to Disney barely and everyone else got to go. And we, we really don't go anywhere for both of them. The car, if you're on a ride longer than like a minute, they're nauseous and they feel, you know, sweaty and terrible the minute you're in the car. So, you know, you don't want to go in the car. You don't want to take them places because they feel so terrible. Mm -hmm. So how do we still have fun? Because you can't really go anywhere. So we try and do game night. And I will tell you that board games have brought our family together like not much else because everyone can play board games and we laugh. We have so much fun. We love board games. And even if you're feeling terrible, you can usually suck up enough mm-hmm. energy to play the board game. And my daughter loves to be like the cruise director and pick a game and pick a dinner. Um, we can get takeout food and bring it in rather than all of us go out to eat. I don't even remember the last time we all went out somewhere to do something because it's just physically impossible, mm-hmm. you know, for them to get there. So we try and do as many fun things in our house. And luckily, we, we like our house. We like being together. 
And, you know, you just have to kind of make different fun things and different memories. Um, the other thing we try and do is for the kids who don't have the illness is to take them out. And whenever they want to go to a friend's house or do an activity or there's a birthday party, you know, encourage them to go out as much as they can. Because who knows, you know, mm-hmm. if you'll get this. We don't know. We, you know, hope they don't. But take each day and live it to the fullest is our motto, I guess. I love it. I love it. So now going forward with the cooking component, um, with, you know, especially America being so high in obesity levels and, you know, a lot of times both parents are working, no matter whether they have one kid, two kids, five kids, whatever. Um, they always say, you know, it's so hard to find the time or I don't want to cook. I don't like to cook. My child doesn't eat this. I don't eat that. I don't want to do five different meals. What is your advice to parents with kids in trying to find something that's easy and convenient, um, but still is healthy for the whole family? So there's a lot of good stuff there. I could talk about all those questions for a long Mm -hmm. time. (laughs) Um, I think one of the things that parents don't realize is it takes a long time for kids, and especially young kids, to develop a taste for new food. Mm -hmm. And you really can't say, uh, try this pickle And the kid takes a bite and says, oh, that's terrible, and say, well, I'm never going to give him a pickle again because he obviously didn't like it. They really, the studies have shown you really need to taste a food maybe 15 to 20 times to give it a chance and to potentially develop the taste buds to like it. And I've noticed that if I keep serving things, not everyone's going to like everything, and that's okay with me. I don't expect everyone, number one, to have the same taste because I don't like the same foods as everybody else. Mm -hmm. I like specific things, but all of that is okay. I always try and have different fruits, whatever's in season, you know, changing with the season is always great because the things that are on sale are are the things that are in season and um, having a lot of variety. That's really important. And my oldest son, he's a chef, and I've learned tons from him. And together, we have taken over the school lunch program um, at my two younger kids' school. And it's been so interesting and so much fun. So we feed between 50 and 70 kids a day, and they sign up for the hot lunch, and then we feed them. And it's so interesting to watch them come in and try new foods and They say, oh, I don't like peas or something. And I always say, can you just, can I put one pea on your plate? And if you just try that one, it's okay if you don't like it. Mm -hmm. And you can spit it out and throw it away if you don't like it. But I just want you to give it a try. And you don't know how many kids the next week will say, you know what? That pea wasn't too bad. Give me two today or three today. And I'm going to try it again. And by, you know, a month later, they're asking for a whole scoop of peas. And I'm like, yes, I got to have my peas. <laughs> so now talk about this a little bit more. So sure. when you say you've taken over uh, for this particular school, the lunches, is this like one day a week or like you and your son run the whole lunch program? The entire day? lunch program. <laughs> that five, is awesome. So five how, days how did you get that? How did you even get that to happen? (laughs) Yes. So we just moved to the house we live in about a year and two months ago. And when we moved, it was in the middle of a school year. My kids are in a private school. And at their old school, they really liked getting hot lunch. It was very, like, you know, the whole experience was fun. So when we moved to this new school and they said they wanted to sign up for hot lunch, I said, great. And then we ordered it the first day that they could. And they came home and said, oh, God, the hot lunch was so bad. Do not sign me up again. 
And I said, what could be so bad? They said, it tasted terrible. It was like frozen pizza that he heated up and an Oreo. I said, that's not (laughs) hot lunch. She says, yeah, it was terrible. So as the school got to know us, we started to, you know, discuss with them and say, can we change the hot lunch? It's not so good. And they said, well, we'd love to, but the guy who's, who cooks the food, he's been here for 22 years. So we said, well, maybe he's ready to leave. And my son is the chef and he's looking for a job. So they said, well, you know, we'll work on it. We'll, we'll see what we, what can happen. So as it turned out, um, my, I was working on a PTA event and I got my son to come in and help because there was a lot of food involved. And the guy who was the chef, I use that term lightly, he said, I really don't like this job and you look like you really like to cook. I really want to quit. So the school said, well, if you're willing to take it over, we're going to give it to you. So January 4th, we took over and we've been making lunches five days a week. And it has been such an experience because not only are we, you know, making the lunch, serving the lunch, buying the ingredients, it's, it's, it's a huge undertaking. But seeing the kids come in every day gives me so much pleasure. I mean, I love feeding people. I've done that my whole life. And just seeing all these cute kids come in is amazing. And seeing them trying new foods. Another food that was really cute was, um, so on Thursdays, we have grilled cheese and mac and cheese. And one of the older kids said, you should really serve tomato soup. And I said, do you think people will eat that? And he's like, oh, God, I love grilled cheese dipped in tomato soup. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, we'll make it next week. I mean, we want to make foods the kids will like. So whatever they volunteer and say they will eat, we will try it at least once. So we made tomato soup, and a lot of the younger kids were like, ooh, what is that? And I said, how about just try a little? I'll give you a tiny bit in a bowl and try dipping in your grilled cheese or try a spoon of it. And almost everybody now eats the tomato soup every week. They love it. That's awesome. And it's made with carrots and onions Mm -hmm. and tomatoes. And, I mean, you're getting a huge amount of vegetables in this. And they just think it's so good. So all the experiences that they have every day, I mean, this is just opening up their palate. And we always have fresh fruits and vegetables. We have a salad bar. There's nothing cuter than a kindergartner trying to make their own salad. It's adorable. So, you know, we're trying to give them the experiences and making it in a very fun and open environment. And they are expanding every day. Mm. I love this. So um, <laughs> you started this January of 2016? Yep, this January. Are they doing any type of, um, like, testing in a sense to see, like, how the kids performed in school prior to how they are maybe in six months with eating better food? Are they doing anything like that? It's so funny that you say that. So the only thing I can tell you is, so the food that the old person used to cook he wasn't really cooking. He was just kind of heating things up. And mm-hmm. it's not – the kitchen was not built to be like a real kitchen. It right. was built to be a warming kitchen. So you're only really supposed to be warming up food. So it's very challenging to figure out what we can make in this warming kitchen because it's not a full kitchen. So there were never really good smells in the building because he just was kind of warming up frozen <laughs> pizza or chicken nuggets. So I, I actually think productivity has gotten worse because the kids are telling me that it smells so good that all they can think about is when they're going to get the hot lunch. <laughs> and they're not concentrating in school anymore. <laughs> so I think 
technically we're kind of ruining productivity, but in the afternoon, I think they're doing better because their bellies are full and they're Mm -hmm. happy and they got to eat all the food. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it's great. I am, this is a really cool program, Sarah. And it's, it's great to see you taking, you know, your passion for what you do at home as a mom and a wife into a higher level into the schools because a lot of people always say like, oh, that'd be great if the schools did that, but they never really kind of take that next step to see, well, what if, you know, what if I talk to them and see what happens? So yep. it's really neat to see you doing that. Um, what has the feedback been from the parents of the kids? The parents love it. Mm-hmm. And the, the funny part is, so, you know, nobody was really buying the hot lunch before we started. So he would get maybe eight or 10 orders a day because no one really wanted it. And the only people doing it were those who were either too busy, didn't want to think about it. You know, they just Mm -hmm. didn't really have another option. So they bought it. So now the parents are faced with the kids begging them every day to order it. (laughs) And they're like, you know, it's kind of expensive. I mean, it's $5 a day. So I don't think that that sounds like a lot of money because unless you're used to buying McDonald's for a dollar or whatever, I think that sounds like a reasonable price. And every day we serve milk, we serve fresh fruits, fresh vegetables, a full salad bar. We have soup some of the days. There's always an entree. I mean, it's like a real... If I went out, I would think this was a really good lunch. So the parents say that there's a lot of pressure and peer pressure because their kids all want to buy it every single day. (laughs) (laughs) So I think most parents are happy, but I think some are like, you know, I don't know what to do. Some kids are bringing in their allowance money so that they can buy it. I'm not even kidding. That is awesome, Sarah. That is so cool. Yes. I mean, I have a few boys who will bring in their wallet and they're like counting out their dollars and their quarters because their mom made lunch, but they don't want the lunch (laughs) the mom made. They want my lunch. And they're like, can I just pay you like this? So I say, you sure? You know, I'm not going to turn it down. The parents can pay in advance using their credit card on the school website, but tons of kids come in. I think I had four today come in with cash in their Ziploc bags, you know, saying, I'm here for lunch. <laughs> right, right. So now what is, uh, and have you thought about it, your vision for the future with this? Is this something where you would love to get this almost like this? This is a pilot program. This program goes through many schools. Could you, are you thinking of opening a restaurant or selling products or teaching classes? I mean, what is your thought for moving forward with some of this? So starting next week, we are actually teaching an afternoon cooking class to the kindergarten to fifth grade. Mm -hmm. And my son is going to be teaching them how to make some special meal every week, once a week. And we're really excited because then the kids can go home and teach their parents how to cook. Mm -hmm. So that would be amazing because so many parents don't even know where to start. You know, they don't know they're, they're overwhelmed. And I think that would be a great way. And the kids are dying to learn how to cook. So that's exciting. Um, eventually we would love to have some type of a restaurant or some type of a catering thing. We have been hired just through word of mouth to do, I think we've done six or seven events so far, um, for up to 60 people. We've catered dinners. We've done, you know, private dinners. We did an appetizer party for 60 people. We did a dessert party. We have another one coming up. I mean, we have been so Mm. busy. It's crazy. I mean, almost like more things than we can handle, believe it or not. Yeah, I was going to say, is it just you and your son doing all of this or is it family? (laughs) It's just the two of us. It's the two of us. 
Um, and sometimes it was really great in the beginning when my older son who has POTS, when he, you know, their sleeping schedules, part of the reason they can't go to school is their sleeping schedules are so crazy mm-hmm. because you basically have to just go to sleep when your body will let you sleep. And very often that's during the day. So if that's when you sleep, you have to sleep then. So they're usually up at night together and they can play video games together or do homework together or whatever it is they do. But in the beginning, when we first started, I mentioned on the weekend before our first day doing lunch that I was feeling a little stressed that how were Joey, my older son and I going to be cooking for all these kids by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And my 16 year old said, Oh, I can help you. I love to bake. And I said, you do love to bake. And for the first two weeks, he was our baker and he Mm. would come in with us every morning and he would make the dessert for all the kids. And they loved his desserts. He made these amazing desserts. Now he's been sleeping during the time we're there and hasn't come in a while. But whenever we have a special event, he'll always come and do the baking. And it's been great. He's been getting out of the house and doing some stuff. And he really, you know, was kind of excited to have a little job. So he sometimes helps us, but it's just the two of us. Oh, Sarah, this is like so <laughs> cool. And Thank you. I, you know, it's funny because, um, uh, I'm married. I don't have any children yet. And a lot of my friends, you know, have their, you know, their first kid, their kids, you know, a baby or a year old and talking to a lot of them, you know, they love being a parent. They want to have more children, but there's also this kind of battle between, well, I still want something for myself and how do I, how do I work, but how do I still be a mom and how do I do something I love but still make money. And it's always this kind of this battle back and forth. And I just think it is so neat that, like you said, from five years old, you talked about what you wanted and how this has manifested into something that you also can now make a living out of, but something you love and that works within your family. And it's just, it's incredible. So you should be super proud of yourself. (laughs) I, you know, I am at the end of every day when we've finished a meal and, you know, there's so many challenges that just go on each day between the kitchen being awful and the ovens being 20 years old and they're not even really ovens. They're just Mm -hmm. kind of like small thing. And my son and I will always look at each other and we're like, we pulled off another miracle. I don't know how we did this. (laughs) And, you know, just planning that you have all the ingredients for the day and, you know, not all the parents sign up in advance using their credit card. And if someone walks in, either they forgot their lunch at home, they forgot their lunch in the car, They didn't like the lunch their mom served. Their lunch was spoiled. You know, there could Mm -hmm. be, I hear every reason in the world, we could have up to 20 people just walk in and, you know, that we have to account for and have food for. So each day is a miracle. We look at it that way and we're like, God, we did another amazing job. How Mm -hmm. did we do this? And it just keeps getting better and better. The feedback is unbelievable. Everyone is so excited about it. I love it. So what would your advice be then to uh, parents, moms or dads, um, in being able to find something that they're passionate about where they can, you know, make a living doing something, whether it's on the side or full time, while being able to raise their healthy and happy family? You know, I think that the key is to follow your dreams and keep working at what you're good at. Mm-hmm. And I I started with my blog five years ago, and my blog is cookwith5kids.com, and the five is just a number five. And when I started on it, I was writing things on my blog just to not lose my recipes. I was mm-hmm. posting the recipes for myself because I would very often make something I loved and then lose my own recipe. And it was frustrating because I was like, God, I'm just so absent-minded, and I just <laughs> made this great veggie burger, and I lost it. 
So I decided, someone told me that, you know, you could write them all down on a blog. So I said, okay, I'm starting a blog. And then I just started randomly posting my recipes and my thoughts. And I didn't think anyone was reading it. And I went to a birthday party a couple of years later and someone said, oh my God, I, I love your blog. I make this and this and this recipe all the time. And I was like, oh my God, people are reading this. I better work <laughs> a little harder. I better try harder. So I started really putting more time and last year, I went to three conferences um, that were blogging conferences, or I actually went to two healthy food conferences, mm-hmm. and all three of them were amazing. So the first conference I went to was a blogging conference, and I learned so much. I mean, I met all these other people who are amazing bloggers and who really make a living being bloggers, and you meet people who are just so amazing and want to help you and want to help you make your blog better. And I had never actually, before I went to that conference, I had never been away from my family in my whole life. Mm -hmm. Like I had never gone somewhere by myself and my husband traveled all the time, but I had never left my kids. And my husband actually convinced me and said, you really need to go to this because I think it will be good for you. And I think it will be good for all of us because we can, we know we can survive without you and I know you can survive without us. So we're all going to try this. And he actually booked my train and booked my hotel. He's like, you're going. And I had a hundred reasons why I couldn't go, mm-hmm. but he was like, nope, I'm not taking any of it. I've already booked it all. So I said, well, I guess I better go. I actually won a ticket, like a free ticket to go. So he's mm-hmm. like, you won this ticket. I'm giving you miles to get there. I'm going to use points for the hotel. You have no expenses. You have no reason not to go. And it was like the best three days of my life. I had the best time. I met a best friend who traveled with me there who I'd never met before, um, who's a blogger nearby. And we're still best friends now. Her name is Misty and her website is frostedevents.com. And she's incredible. And we went on the train together and we talked the entire train. And like all of a sudden they say, well, you're in New York. And we looked at each other. We're like, what? (laughs) I mean, it felt like two seconds later. And we just had the best time. And then when I got home, my family said, we had so much fun without you. Go away again. <laughs> and I said, what? No one missed me. You know, I thought everyone's crying and missing me. Um, and then when they saw all the amazing things I brought home, because they give you all this swag and all these mm-hmm. goodies, my daughter was like, go away again tomorrow. <laughs> this was amazing. So they all really encouraged me to go away again. And I went to a... Um, it's called the PMA, the produce show. Mm-hmm. And that was so cool. Just like amazing produce everywhere you look. And I met so many cool people and I learned so many cool things and other food bloggers were there. And all of these things just made me realize that my pet. My passion really is food, nutrition, and it just cemented all these ideas for me. And I, and I said, I am finally, after all these years, you know, in a place where I'm having fun. I'm doing what I was meant to do. And I'm sharing my passion for healthy foods with everybody I know. Yes. I (laughs) love it. I'm like sitting here smiling like ear to ear. You just like exude just happiness and fun and excitement despite, you know, the fact, first of all, of having a large family and having to (laughs) figure all those schedules out, but having two children with an illness and just making the most of it. It's really beautiful, Sarah. 
Thank you. Thank really you. Nice. So our, my last question is, um, if what is one quote or mantra or word that you try to live by each day? Oh, that's a hard one. Let's see. Um, I think that my mantra would be live each day to the fullest and do it in a healthy way. I think, you know, a lot of my friends that we just moved here like a year ago and a lot of the new friends that I've made at my younger kids new school, you know, they didn't know me and they actually don't know didn't know any of my older kids at all because, you know, we just moved here. My two younger ones are only the right age to go to that school. Mm -hmm. And when some of them found out that my older kids have an illness, they're like, but you're always so happy and, you know, you're always helping and you're here cooking. And, you know, if it was me, I'd be home crying all day. And I'm like, what good is it going to do Mm -hmm. me to be home crying? Trust me, I cry enough about it and think about it and, I could let it just get me depressed and be sitting in the corner, but instead I am trying to, you know, make the best of it as I can and still be there when my two sick boys are like, oh, I have an essay to write. Do you have any ideas? And we sit there and brainstorm together. And by the end of it, they're like, oh, mom, this is awesome. I'm going to go write it now and I'm good. And, you know, you just have to, you just can't let everything get you down. Mm -hmm. And I think that my two boys remind me of that because no matter how bad they're feeling, they still have a smile on their face and, you know, still try their best and are still getting straight A's, believe it or not. And, you know, we just somehow make it all work. I don't know how, but we do. Mm. I love it. This has been (laughs) wonderful, Sarah. Thank you so much. And uh, we will chat with you soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want to learn more, you can visit Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things over on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can learn more about this episode over at emotiondancefit.com slash Sarah. If you've really liked the podcast, I would greatly appreciate your review over on iTunes. Remember, each of you is capable of achieving anything you want in life. And you, yes, you, have something truly special about you that deserves recognition. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast, send an email to Kerry, K-E-R-I, at emotiondancefit.com. Be confident, be kind, be happy.